story. Now hear those who were involved in making it come to life. Join us as we go. Behind the Door. Good evening and welcome back to the Season 3 premiere of Behind the Door with the Grey Rooms podcast. I am your host, Brooks Bigley, and with me tonight is the author of Season 3, Episode 1, Jason Porras. How are you this evening, Jason? I'm doing well, Brooks. How are you? I'm doing okay. There's been a bunch of stuff going on outside my doors preventing me from recording today, but here we are. Yes, here we are. Oh, so exciting. So where are you at right now? Where are you located, actually? I'm in uh, Greenpoint, Brooklyn, in New York City. I actually oh, moved. Oh, part of the Big Apple. Okay, yeah, you, just, just, you just finished moving, right? Yeah, I moved five days ago, and I've been settling in the new apartment. Now, did you get more space or less space from your previous residence? Uh, equatable? <laughs> it's a different setup. Uh, yeah. we, me and my roommate found a, a duplex at a pretty good price. So, nice. so even though it's more segmented, it's overall, I'd say, more space. Right. And with everything going on nowadays, I feel like uh, it's almost like a, um, a mover-ins world versus a mover-outs world because everybody's moving out. Yeah. You know, some people can't pay their rent. And so that, that's leaving it open for people who need to move in somewhere to have you know, great places to find things. So I really hope you're happy with, uh, with your new space there. Yeah, so far it's great. And it was a lucky find. Uh, my roommate has been has had that inkling of like he wanted stairs in his house. I don't know what what got into him, but we found <laughs> this place, so that works. <laughs> so by being a duplex at split level, you've got you've got those stairs that your roommate wanted. Yeah, that's right. And uh my roommate is the the bottom floor and I have the top floor and then we have the shared common spaces, living room and all that. Very nice. Very nice. Now do you feel that you have more space to be creative in because of this? Yeah, because of the segmentation, I don't, I can't see my bed when I'm working. The like, I don't have to see my roommate. It's it's kind of nice to have like individual spaces for each right. for each type of thing. Right. Yeah, that's important. Like, I, I work from home, and especially, it would be detrimental to have like your office set up in like where you sleep because then you just get up and you're at work and you just have no separation, and that's probably very damaging yeah (laughs) (laughs) clearly uh clearly separating that is uh, good for you and i'm looking forward to that because (laughs) this is your your second story with us now right yeah because you did um the rivers for our our bonus for last season yeah um, which we also we also got to release uh, publicly but um you uh you wrote this story (laughs) I, i i just have i have i have one question okay why why a cat um, that's a good question. I want to say that, um, when I was writing the story, uh, I think it's, it was around the time that Rick and Morty episode came out with the cat. And what season was that? That was season four. Uh, it's season like, four. yeah, it came out either earlier this year or late last year. Okay. So what, what did the cat do in, in the episode? How did that transpire into you writing the story? Uh, I mean, it was more about how... So it it wasn't a direct inspiration. I I figured it out. I think it was more indirect in the episode. Essentially, the cat was this B plot with Jerry, where the cat could talk, and all it wanted was to go to Florida and party, uh, <laughs> and no one could like 
Jerry couldn't couldn't kept trying to ask the question as to why, but it's like don't be don't be boring, Jerry. No one no one likes people who ask questions. And I'm like that's. <laughs> So I, I feel like there was like a play of curiosity killed the cat, but not really this time because it didn't want to be curious. But so at the end of the episode, grow from that, huh? What did this whole did your your whole ep did the, I said your episode did your story grow from just that seedling idea of curiosity killed the cat? Uh, not actually, not really. I I I don't I don't remember the exact details of how I came into it. I just remember okay. thinking that I wanted to write a sci-fi horror story, mm-hmm. and uh, I I had that inkling that I wanted a creature into it and mm-hmm. something unassuming. And and I think between the inspiration from Rick and Morty and just other ideas I've had, like from the movie The Thing, I I just had this concept. Where I'm like, okay, let's put something unassuming that's part of an experiment and let's have weird things happen. And then I went with a cat and then it expanded from there. Like the initial idea for the story uh, had the cat do a lot more um, the thing type (laughs) activities, more like extending limbs and grabbing pieces of each uh, crew member and trying to reassemble a body. Like, it was a whole different thing. Oh, wow. So you really did kind of revise this story. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to go more subtle. Mm-hmm. So instead of going with the physical route for the cat, I, I wanted to go more for the mental. So that's why I did the whole eye flickering thing and the hallucinations. Oh, you did such a great job. It was such a slow, I wouldn't say a slow burn um it was definitely a slow build though because there's just i mean we start off right away with that that um with the klaxon alert going off and you know things are happening we're we're starting right in the in the midst of it all and you kind of introduced the cat early on you know you hear uh one of the scientists talking about um you know the experiments that she's she's doing and she doesn't say a cat you know she has a specimen but I guess if you're a really savvy listener, you might connect, oh, she must have been talking about the cat as you're introducing the cat. But first listen, I didn't. So I'm like, okay, the cat's there. It must be like the station cat. So you definitely did a great job at like the creeping horror slowly <laughs> overtaking everything. The cat must be a part of it, but I was still thinking like something will happen to the cat. Right. And then even I I like near the end when you did the thing with, um, oh, forgive me. I'm forgiving his name. Uh, was it Raj? Yes, yeah, Raj. You, when you, we don't hear him as a character, but he is in the story and he does physically manifest, you know, near the end. And then I thought, oh, that's it. He's it. He's the thing. Nope. It's still the cat. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. The, the whole, the whole idea, um, came up with, I wanted originally to be like, everyone's going to know it's the cat. I'm like, mm-hmm. of course, everyone's going to think it's the cat. The main character himself is afraid of the cat. So of course the right. reader or <laughs> listener in this case, he, would, he hates the the cat <laughs> right he has this, uh, un unreasonable fear for just a cat that's an experiment i mean okay, okay they're in space but like that's what they've trained for so i i wanted the the listener to associate with john john was afraid of it so i wanted to kind of add an extra layer and not make the cat a direct aggressor and more of a puppet master of sorts that's why I had, I mean, I had this whole idea where every time its eyes shifted color, uh, mm-hmm. it would alter the, what the, the person it 
looked at, in this case, John, was seeing and feeling. That's why, uh, I mean, I don't know if you noticed on the first uh, listen, but this the entire conversation with McKenna that John has, that entire uh-huh. thing is a hallucination. She's already dead. Like the whole, throughout the whole story or, because I certainly picked up on it when he sees her smiling in the bed, but then realizes the no, that's Katja. covered that's in Katja. Bl- Sorry, sorry, Katja. So which part of McKenna then is the... So when he goes down to the lab to search for, uh, to see why they haven't responded to the alarm, uh-huh. the cat has already started this entire thing. Ah, because he suddenly notices she was sitting there at the microscope and she hadn't been there a moment before. Exactly. So she, so she was there, but she wasn't moving. So he hadn't Got noticed it. her. Okay. So then, uh, when the switch happened, she, she started, she started talking, and then he's like, "Oh, you're there," but she hadn't walked in or anything. She was already dead, sitting right. there up at the microscope. Okay. Okay. And and he also forgive me if. Don't remember. He did. He also noticed that the cat had wandered into the lab at the same time, or something like that. Yeah, he he had seen the cat just in the corner by itself, and essentially the cat was distracting him from the dead body in order to manipulate him. Okay. Now, was it just kind of? a simple, easy thing to decide on the name Venus Flytrap because, you know, this is a sci-fi... Oh, and, and then also one thing I want to ask is you said that they were in space, but... So they're not on, like, a, a, a base on the, the surface of Venus. They're, like, within the atmosphere yes, of Venus. Yes, they're on a of. floating space station around Venus. Okay, okay, yeah, cool. Um... So the name Venus Fly, I mean, it just, it fits so well that, like, you would think that, like, there was lots of planning and just the setting and then coming with that name and then it happens to be Venus. How did you settle on the name Venus Flytrap or even the concept? Because, you know, even that's alluded to in the story, you know, the concept of, like, the cat is the the plant and they're just the flies and they're they're never going to get away. It's just a matter of time. Yep. Uh, I initially... Went with Venus, like I wanted the space station to be around Venus because uh, I always liked the theoretical potential of creating a space station there. NASA has looked into it because there is like a, a level in Venus's atmosphere where it would be relatively feasible with enough technology and uh, an effort. So I yeah. wanted to go with that first and then I'm, and then I'm like, okay, I have a monster there that is and they're essentially trapped in a station on Venus or around Venus. So it kind of developed from there. And I'm like, what would be cool? It would be cool if the cat was named a Venus flytrap because that would kind of have a nice little ironic twist to it, I guess. It's not Mm -hmm. necessarily super deep, but uh, I felt it fit the, the whole narrative. It fits perfectly. Yeah, it's, it doesn't, like I was trying to say that, like, it didn't sound like you came up with any name afterwards. Like, what should I call this? Well, it reminds me of this. I'll call it this. I definitely feel like the name kind of was a part of the creation of it all, you know, or it was in the middle of the creation of all. So that's, that's a brilliant, brilliant name. <laughs> Thank um, you. Tell me what you thought about the production. The, produ- the production was so great. I was, I was I've been I've been eagerly waiting to hear it because uh this unlike the rivers uh I had created this with 
the idea of the the sound like i wanted that's why i put the alarm and i and i put several like language uh, note not notations that's for next season um <laughs> uh, but i <laughs> thought about it more intensely this time around uh i wanted the sound to be a certain way and i couldn't be happier with how this all played out i was like oh, all the little things that i had in my mind it like uh, the like leeway thumping his head while he was in the airlock or the cat making noises that was surprising to me because i i i, I left that vague because I, was, I didn't have a specific thought in mind as to how the cat should sound and i think mm-hmm. the choice that, it, that you guys made was great i just now do, do you mean at the the very ending or i mean both the ending and uh there was another part when john was uh, running like those two parts near the oh, ending yes, 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 and yes, at yes. the ending that's right that's right that's right yeah i love that subtle how jason wilson uh, at the very end kind of mixed it's just this innocent little cat kind of kind of purring and in meowing with like the true sound of whatever the <laughs> whatever the hell your monster is right it was a, it was a great it was a great finish um <laughs> yeah jason wilson really is pushing himself this season like this summer has just been growth for him in terms of all of these new stories that we've you know got in and and just watching him putting things together and finding new ways to do things and getting a hold of new plugins. I mean, this this episode is just night and day compared to anything from season two and season one. So it's really awesome that we got to start off with a sci-fi story too. I mean, we have not really explored I think sci-fi horror um, with our podcast and. Yeah, I mean, I remember you guys talking about it. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's kind of where I got the initial idea for sci-fi. Is I remember you guys talking about it last season. I think near the end, uh, at the at the last episode you guys released, you were talking about mm-hmm. what you'd like to see next, and right, uh, right. and stuff like that. And I and I'm like, huh? They want to see sci-fi? I can do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of went with that and. It worked. <laughs> okay. You know, you just gave me a, an idea here I wanted to ask you um, about the panel. It was the, what was the wording about uh, John? It said it couldn't retrieve something, something error. And then I remember in the beginning, uh, Katya gives John, he says that there's a 404 error. And I just thought to myself, is this like an internet joke? I'm being serious here, but like, were you trying to work in it? Like, you know, you, um, isn't that, isn't that when you try to go to a website that the page no longer exists? You get a uh, yeah. Four hundred four is the is the well, it's shorthand for error. Uh, I don't know exactly the origin of it, but yes, it's kind of an internet thing where it's like four hundred four error. So I put that mm-hmm. there as more like tech lingo kind of a joke. Okay. And okay. what I put for the panel, I kind of threw in a little horror joke reference where I put mm-hmm. a panel missing from. Uh, I, I don't know if I said crate or location, A24. Yeah, uh-huh, crate. And uh-huh. A24 is a production company that makes a bunch of different movies, but also has made some interesting horror movies. Oh, that's right. I can picture the A24 logo in my head now. I just can't think of who, wh- wh- what movies have they done? I Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you, but when <laughs> I was writing it, I was like, uh-huh, that's a joke. Um, let me put that in there. There you go. See, that's so cool. I love little stuff like that. You got to keep doing that kind of stuff. Oh, then then you'll you'll enjoy the uh, the stories I've written for to submit for next season. 
Excellent. All right. Well, speaking of writing stories, then what um, I wanted to ask you, 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 you briefly, you know, we mentioned this in the beginning um, about like your creative space, like how important it is to keep it separate from like, you know, a bedroom or whatnot. But uh, like what I guess now you have a new one. What does your new creative space look? I was going to ask, what did your space look like when you wrote the story? But what does your new creative space look like right now? My new creative space is very incomplete. Right now, I have my computer connected to a TV, and I'm sitting on one of those big, um, poofy, whatever, seats, whatever they're called. Uh, it's very, um, I wouldn't call, call it bad, but it's not conducive to productivity. But uh, yeah. my uh, year-end move-in gift to myself will be to create a home office and and i've saved up some money so i'm gonna get a proper screen because using a tv for a screen is killing my eyes uh like (laughs) an actual office and a chair like maybe get an get a microphone going because uh i'm also doing a bunch of other things on the side like like some music stuff and some other things and uh, i just generally want to make this into a real home office something i can sit down and work for hours and not feel like i'm lounging (laughs) yeah like kind of just turn your brain inside out into the room and just be at peace in that space that you know you can sit in yourself while you while you do your creations that's like i think that's where the best creativity come from so i really hope you uh you get that squared away man hope that's a christmas gift to yourself you only got a few more weeks here um so yeah it's a it's a year all, all year kind of gift okay there you go i like those gifts a long gift yeah it's i mean this week has been my first vacation all year obviously with what's been happening not really a vacation more of a take a break from work and take a breath take a breath yeah 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 well, then let me ask you about your former creative space, um, you know, and don't get too bogged down on it being your former. I just wanted to just know in general, when you are when you are in your creative space, that is your happy place. What does that look like? Do you do you go there every day to write? Um, do you have set times during the day? Do you do it once a week? Like what motivates you to go to that creative space and start writing? So for me, it's uh it's kind of not as organized as I'd like it. That's why I kind of want to build this office. Originally, in the other apartment, I had a similar situation, but like with a couch and some more tables. So essentially, whenever I wasn't too tired from the day job and uh, and generally felt up to it, I just pulled up the, my Google Drive and started writing. And I, I'm not as organized as I'd like. So, well, in the sense that I have way too many stories concurrently going, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I want to fix that because I'm so organized as far as the files are concerned, but I don't have a timetable and I don't have like any specific, I don't know, set, set, uh, what is it called? Do you mean like (laughs) just like a set habit, like a set... I mean, it's it, to me. It seems like it should be like about creating the habit of like I would assume for a writer. I'm not a writer, but like you get the idea for something. You know, you 
there should be a pattern and a habit to like, what do you do with that? Do you write it down on a piece of paper, stick it in your pocket, then go home and write? Or do you need to just, you could be washing the dishes, cleaning the dog, changing the oil in your car. When you suddenly get that seed, you run into the house and you sit down at the computer and you start typing it. Like, Oh, I see what that, you mean. Yeah, like is that... What, How do you I, what deal I have with that? is I have a lot of uh, I use Google Drive uh, a lot, like mm-hmm. for everything. Uh, so I have a whole bunch of files where I just have little blurbs of ideas I come up with. I just pull it on my phone, create a new Google Doc, and be like, "Oh, I had an idea for time traveling children coming back to experience America in the 21st century." That's not a joke. That's Ooh. a story I want to write. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Color me intrigued. Yeah, and I have a few dozen of these just waiting for me to sit down and expand on them. Uh, mm. Two of which I've already written into full audio scripts to submit to you guys. Um, oh, hey. <laughs> and those, like... This time, it's like full on. I wrote it based on how Michael uh, rewrote my story. Like I took mm-hmm. his format and I'm like, okay, let's see how I can make that, but with very different stories. These are So basically, you want to put him out of a job is what you're doing. <laughs> no, I want to make his job easier. <laughs> Just kidding. I want him to <laughs> not have to, to sift through all the pros and be like, ah, yeah, yeah. this again. Let me cut off eight paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. We don't care about the color and shape of the cat's claws. Come on, Porus. We write this. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, well, that's great. Do, do you feel like... Uh... Do you feel like you're planting too many seeds? Or I, I felt like a couple minutes ago I got the gist that you almost felt like uh, you needed to go back and maybe focus on one or two instead of on ten at a time, if that makes sense. Yes, I've already started doing that, mainly by focusing first on what I wanted to submit for season four. And uh, I have these two done. They just need to be cleaned up and edited. Uh, I'm thinking of writing another another one. I kind of want to submit three to you guys this mm-hmm. time around. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I have a bunch of ideas that I'll explore, but I've been holding off because I don't want to dip my toes into too many pools. Yeah, like it tie down to too many... I don't know how that works again as a writer. I'm not a writer, but like to hold multiple different worlds with multiple different you know characters and then be able to leave this story and maybe work on this story. I don't know. That's got to be a daunting task or it might be easy. I don't know. Uh, honestly, for me, I've never considered it uh, a daunting task simply because every time I open the Google Doc, I just start reading what I've already written and my mind initially, immediately gets transported to whatever world I had created for it and uh-huh, okay. and I've, I've kind of forced myself to be able to get into that zone um easier and easier over the years i mean initially it was it was difficult like it took me it took me a while to even write a full page or two now if i just if i have the time and i let myself sit i can easily write 10 to 15 pages in like i don't know an hour that's great. I think that's a lot of people's struggle. They might have all the ideas in their head, and feasibly they could write really well. Writing then just is the tool to get their words out, but maybe they're not good at writing, and that's such a disservice, I feel. It's it's sad to think that all these ideas could be bottled up in so many people that they can't 
get out because they just don't know how. Yeah. Um, Honestly, that's an idea I've had in the past, uh, which maybe in the future I'll expand on. An idea of creating a kind of a writer's collective where mm -hmm. some people don't necessarily have the writing skills, but they might have the creativity and imagination. And right, so they can like right. be paired up with someone who's technically good at writing, but doesn't necessarily have a lot yeah. of their own stories. And then form they have a little... the instrument, they just have to learn how to use it. Yeah. And, but some people don't necessarily want to like learn how to write in a technical sense, but mm. still want to say, tell stories. Like that's, for example, Dungeons and Dragons. I know a lot of DMs that don't want to write a book, but they want to tell mm -hmm. a story. Yeah, that makes sense. And then that's when you can work with someone. Maybe that can write it for you. Yeah. So it's, I see where the benefit is to what you're talking about, like a yeah. a creative, like scratch your back lab kind of. You, know, you have the 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 writing yeah. skills. I something have like the that. thinking skills. Something. So that's um that's pretty cool. Uh, is this something, <laughs> something you're actively like that, working yeah. on, or this is still a, a, an idea? No, no. That this is more of a. If I end up being able to be a professional writer as a career, which I'm working on, then I can like sort of develop that. But it's not a current priority. First, I kind of want to build up myself before I can take on anyone else. I feel like it would be responsible of me to right. to try and form a group before I have my own this is stuff together. <laughs> <laughs> that makes that makes sense. I I understand that. Yeah, people would look down on something like that. Yeah, like they'll um, be like, "Who are you? Like, who are you trying?" To <laughs> yeah, show us your books. Show us your novels first. Right. Um. So, you you do not have to reveal your day job because we all know you're Batman, anyways. Oh, but right. how how does um how does writing affect your life otherwise? Because you, know, you you do have a day job, but clearly writing is your passion. Um, what how does that affect your life? Like how does it help you? What what does it fill in your life? Writing. Yeah, yeah. How does it? Writing? How does that fill? Yeah. Writing for me is a byproduct of something I've had since a very young age. Uh, I've always wanted to tell stories. Just like it all started, I want to say, early elementary school. In the school bus, uh, going to and from school, we it was like over an hour long. So I always uh, like had a few friends and I was creating on-the-fly stories, like saying... Okay, this happens, you move forward, what do you do? And essentially expanded over the years from there. I dabbled in Dungeons & Dragons. I always was more interested in being the dungeon master rather than a player because it allowed me to create this world. I never wanted to play any of the canned stories that they had because I wanted to make my own. Uh, creative writing always interested me more than writing any essays at school. Uh, anything that... like voracious reader consumer of all things video games movies tvs tv tv shows theater anything really that allows for creativity it was interesting to me but at the same time i was also pursuing a scientific career uh so for, for me it was all trying to come together and i feel like writing made the most sense in the end because it allows me to use both 
all this creativity and desire to tell stories while also be able to create stories that are based on the natural world or sociology, or in this case, some based on some science. I'm not going to call it scientifically accurate because someone will rip me apart, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like within reason like because i've watched so much sci-fi and i've and i've gone like come on really i can write that better <laughs> not necessarily write that better more like or they got the science wrong or like talking about stuff that sounds not real mm. like it doesn't have to be science that exists now but like something that sounds plausible maybe yeah, well, just for just for the reader, listener, whatever, to connect to the story, it's got to be rooted in some kind of plausibility, right? Unless you're, unless you want to go high fantasy, but then, then it's no longer sci-fi, right? Um, yeah, I mean, true. Yes, that, <laughs> that's very true. Science cannot explain magic <laughs> yet. So, <laughs> yet, right? Magic <laughs> came first. I do believe in that. Yes, I understand. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so what like what would you do if you couldn't write or have you ever gone that's a silly question like you can't just suddenly lose your writing skills like have you gone through periods where you couldn't write or have you gone through periods where you're like i just i'm just not feeling this right now uh honestly writing itself uh started more seriously five years ago before that i created stories in other ways I tried to find find outlets in other ways. I mean, I ha I've always had some mental health issues, so uh, mm -hmm. and I only started seriously taking care of them at age twenty five five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so before that, I was kind of not engaging that part of me. Like I tried to write books a few times, and like I gave up after one or ten pages. There was never motivation. I mean, I only yeah. recently finally un like uncovered like exactly what's wrong with me, uh, because for the longest time it was it seemed to be just major depression, anxiety. Like the, I mean, I, I guess you can call it boilerplate nowadays with everybody having one version of those or another. But uh, it always felt not enough because even with the medication I take and everything I've done, it never felt fixed or even helped that much but apparently after looking into it and speaking with my doctors i have borderline personality disorder oh. and not to get too much into it because you know no no reason anyone who, who wants to know what it is can google it uh it's it makes so much sense now that it's allowed me to rethink how i want my life to be not necessarily because I've changed who I am. I'm still who I am. But it gives me a new understanding of why I am the way I am. Right, right. I dig that. And that knowing why can then let you move forward with how to either prevent the negative that you don't want anymore. Um, that's, that's, that's beautiful to really understand. I think we all have a quest to understand who we are and it just adds to the misery of life when you don't know who you are. And you know, I'm, I'm being very general here, but, um, yeah, of course. but when you, when you do have a good bead on where your path should be, uh, versus just, just being out in a boat in the middle of the ocean with, without a sail or anything, when you have a bead on where your path should be, I feel like 
even when bad things happen, or even if you are still in a bad place, if you know where you need to go, or if you have an inkling of the direction to go in, you can still better overcome you know, most of, most of anything. So I'm proud of you, man. That's really good that you, um, you've, you've, you've taken account for it all. You know, it sounds like you've taken responsibility for it and you had this power of writing and you couldn't, you, what well, you weren't ready for it at the time. You couldn't give all of your attention to it. There were other things that you needed to take care of first, but now look where you are. You're taking care of those things and it's letting your writing flourish. So you won, man, you totally won. Uh, well, it's still a pro- I don't want to say I've won yet. It's I know. but premature winning. Yeah, premature. <laughs> but it's definitely uh, I've definitely taken steps, and honestly, it's it's so great to see that other people are enjoying my writing in any form, even if it even if it's just you guys. I mean, I'm sure so, the listeners enjoy it up to a certain point, but I can't see their reaction, so I can only see the reaction you guys have to my stories when we talk or when we're on the discord so and so it's 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 satisfying like in a very personal way to see that something i spent some time writing something i came up with is enjoyed because even the even when i was doing the whole dungeon dragon stuff where it was with my friends it Mm -hmm. it not to put them under the bus or anything, but it's hard to, when you're with your friends and just hanging out, it's hard to see that appreciation for a story because right. they're, it's, you're in it and they're in it. So it's hard to be like, they're not going to thank me every time for spending the time writing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're but, just enjoying it basically. Right. And, uh, and yeah. I get it. I mean, I never had any issues with them, but like for me, like there was that piece missing so it's nice to slowly reach a point where people are enjoying what I wrote and I makes me want to write more. Isn't it beautiful? It's like you're you're leaving a legacy, like you're you're creating and putting it out there. You're not keeping silent. You're you're sharing with other people. That's that's true connectivity. You know, people all over the world are downloading you know, our podcast. And as of this recording, we haven't released the episode yet, but once everyone hears this, you know, your, your story will be out and about doing its thing. Um, that's just such the, the beauty to me of, of being human and being in this world with each other, that the positive interactions, you know, creating, like you said, creating something other people enjoy, um, that is not a selfish thing that you would be happy off of that. You know, that is a beautiful thing to be proud of because you are affecting other people. You are giving other people feelings. And if that can also come back and give you feelings to me, that's just how that is the meaning of life. It's, <laughs> it's beautiful. So you're yeah, doing a, a you're doing great job, it. man. Yeah. You're doing a great job. Yeah. And obviously, um, I mean, we're all flawed. I can't claim to be done. I can't claim to be, I can't even claim to be completely healthy or anything like that, but at at the very least, I'm trying my way, which that's the that's the part that's taking so long. It's I refuse to do it any other way. I've always had this uh, stubborn side to me, so I kind of want to do this my way, even if it means it's going to take longer, even if it's if it means. I'll be less successful overall because I've had opportunities uh, where I could have taken that could have, in theory, put me in a better trajectory. 
but it involved either interacting with people I didn't want to or being in situations where I would be uncomfortable. And it's not worth it. At the end of the day, we, we all live in such tight mental spaces in this world. Sure, the, the internet has expanded things, but it's also restricted a lot of us into these bubbles. And right, right. I don't want to be restrained mentally. Man, you couldn't have, couldn't have said it any more beautiful than that. I, I I really feel that it's 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 a powerful thing to um to to create and to be what you want because you only know who you are. We all exist in your world, just like everyone else exists in my world. We are our own world, and to find peace with that and to to find joy reciprocated back to you, that's. That's the eternal struggle, man. And yeah. It sounds like you're you're headed towards that. You know, I would never be like, oh yeah, you're almost there. Like we're never almost there. That's Life right. is about learning and growing. We'll never be there. We're never going to, you know, get to what we want. It's not about that. It's about getting to that. I I sound like a cliche here. I'm just spitting out cliches left. <laughs> Listen, you're you're right. <laughs> I mean, for the longest time, I've I've had this conversation with uh, people where uh, it's like pursuit of happiness versus pursuit of knowledge and for me it was always i'd rather know more and grow than yes. have this fake sense of happiness yes, yes. even if it means I... it's more difficult and even if it means i'm more lonely or sad overall it doesn't matter because at the end of the day i'm doing things to improve and I'm doing things to know as much as I can about the world, about myself and about the people near and dear to me. And when you do improve yourself, then those things will come to you anyways. So by, by just questing for them, not, I'm not saying you, but if a person just quests for those other things first without fixing themselves, they will never have what they want. They're not prepared for it. They will not receive that. Yeah. They got to fix themselves first. And that's, you're, you're, you're figuring out. I'm proud of you, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> you're doing awesome. Um, do you have any advice that you want to like give to other people that, um, want to start writing? You know, I don't want to, I want to say more like, um, want to start writing better because you're an evolving writer, you know? So instead of just being like, Oh, here's how you can get your first book book out or whatnot. Is there anything you want to share with people about what they should do to get their writing better? To get their writing better. Uh, Honestly, uh, the two things that I do to always uh, find new ways to improve is read, obviously, is, is one. I mean, these are going to be cliches. Uh, most writers say the same stuff is when you want to write something, just write it. Mm -hmm. Thinking mm -hmm. about it will never lead anywhere. You just have to sit down and write it. It's, it's going to be bad. It might, you might get stuck. You might not know what to write next. doesn't matter. Just write it. And if it's bad, it's bad. Read it out loud. Read it to yourself. Have someone else read it. Just be able to take the criticism, whatever it is. Even if you hate it, even if someone hates it, it doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's temporary. You can always fix it. And it's not a story that necessarily has to be told, right? Not everything has to be out there. Just because you wrote it doesn't mean it's a waste. You put yourself out there. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. If it doesn't, mm -hmm. learn next. 
That's exactly. it. Exactly. And you learn there's what so to, much to content avoid. out there. Just consume it and just combo it in your head. That's what I've been doing. It's like every every time I come up with an idea, is like, okay, what's what's cool? Space and cats. Boom. <laughs> That's a story. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Quotes. Boom. <laughs> I love it. Space. Cats. Boom. <laughs> I love it. Um, and one thing, too, you said I wanted to piggyback on. Um, let's say you wrote a story you're really proud of, and then you went you shared it with five of your friends, and all five of them are like, eh, you've done better. I've read better. Meh. Right? Right. That doesn't mean shit. Exactly. That means that those five friends at that time were not ready to read your story and or didn't care about it. It doesn't mean the other seven billion people on this planet wouldn't, you know, love it. Or the next five people you asked would have completely just tickled you pink with telling you how amazing the story is. So it'd be such a shame to have those five friends tell you that. Oh, excuse me. To have your five friends tell you that and then you just stop writing or you internalize that and it it, it makes your writing worse such an important lesson that people have to learn because at the end of the day your friends like what they like and maybe what they like isn't what you want to write like Mm -hmm. i love horror but most of my friends aren't so into horror so reading my stories sure like i have a good friend who who has read my stories and has helped me but both reading and reading horror are not his thing. So I, I always take his advice with a grain of salt because I know he's not my target audience. So right, he gives right. me advice based on what he can and he tries. But at the end of the day, it's my decision. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even having a bad opinion you know, given to you is still something to consider. Like, why did that one person not like this scene, even though these other three did? Uh, Maybe there's still a way I could just add or change or something. It's just a learning process. It doesn't mean that what you wrote was wrong or or that the rest of the world based on this one person is not going to like it. So, but like, it's just such a hang up that people get, get caught up on. So when you were saying like, it's a, it's a cliche for authors to say certain or writers to say certain things, it's a cliche because it has to keep being said because it's such a, it's such an easy truth. Maybe that's what yeah. a cliche is, is an easy truth. That's so hard to swallow. Yep. So many people get discouraged right off the bat or, I just don't know how to get these stories out. And were, were you thinking about it during lunch today? Yeah. Well, why didn't you write write an, uh, an idea down? Or you know, There's just so many ways to go about it that people just don't look at, I guess. So and you're, you're honestly, all the, marks, though. the way the world works now, it's never been easier to improve. There's so much free, free knowledge just yes. readily available, a, a, mm-hmm. a sentence and a click away. It's mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's YouTube videos of writers talking. Stephen King is on Twitter, just tweeting a, a whole bunch of stuff. If you have some money to spare, there's a bunch of classes of famous writers, famous editors, famous whoever, whatever you want. You can like just listen to them talk. Obviously, they're people too, so mm-hmm. never just take <laughs> anyone's word as god like godly advice. That's the one thing that. I find myself uh, separating from a lot of people that I've talked to is I don't revere people like sure. Mm -hmm. Stephen King is great, but I'm not trying to be Stephen King nor want, uh, nor do I want to write like Stephen King. Right. 
So his advice will only go so far. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, of course. It's it's kind of more about like instead of saying who plays the guitar the best, it's more of like what are the different ways to play the guitar? How can I come up with different sounds? That kind of that kind of thing. It's not about who's better at it or you should only be taught by this guy because he plays so much better than that guy over there. Right. And uh, multiple opinions will actually help you improve more because mm-hmm. I had like uh, I've started a kind of a reading and writing club with some of my friends and they're very different in what they enjoy from writing. So one of them is more character focused and the other one is more story and plot focused. So I wrote this story, which is unrelated about some people on the ISS uh, while nuclear war is happening down on the ground. Mm. And, uh, and I was having both character beats and more flowery language progressing the plot. And one person was like, oh, you should do more of this. And the other person was like, no, 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 I want you to focus more on the characters and their relationships. And the thing is, at the end of the day, is like, I kind of wanted both. So I didn't want to right. compromise on either. I mean, the story isn't done. But the fact that they pointed these things out gave me gave me ideas on how to improve both things without necessarily having to limit one or the other right instead of saying i should take this out it's more like okay let me look at this maybe i can find a third side and exactly then, and then heighten that yeah that's it's beautiful it's great this is why you're progressing now this is great. <laughs> I'm excited for season four, man, and we just started season three. Yeah, uh, I mean, I hope you guys like these stories. Are oof. Uh, two of the, the the two I've written so the, so far? I'm not sure what the third one's gonna be. I I don't wanna give anything away, but they're di- they're different. <laughs> they're weird. Excellent. I like that. Well, hey, I wouldn't I wouldn't say well cliche wise. I would say that when you wrote the rivers, I'd say that was different, you know, and weird. But that's what made it unique because it had not been done like that before. Like that was that was such a beautiful story because of like the history behind it and like the you know when you pulled from traditions to uh, to write the story. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I, I I've been doing a lot of that with my stories because I've consumed so much media that I feel like everything feels like part of my history. Yeah, because I've been so introverted and introspective, most of what I consider my history isn't really real life; is more of what I've consumed over the years. It's a weird <laughs> way to look at life, maybe, but. Uh, it's just an information exchange. That's all it is. It's just yeah. the way you got your knowledge. That's all that it is. Yeah. And, uh, for example, the rivers uh, was connected to, I mean, I grew up in Greece uh, mm-hmm. and I have a brother. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was like I, I was, was always into ancient myth, both because it was part of my schooling and also because I just loved it and still do. Uh, I also ever loved sci-fi and animals. I mean, I went in biology. That's my degree, my bachelor's in biology. So oh, cool. combining like a biological creature, like a cat with some sci-fi, like it all kind of, there's always something. I just take little pieces of myself and just try to mm-hmm. throw them in and see what comes out. 
That's the mark of a true writer. You got it, man. You're not like just writing what you think people will like. You're writing what you like. Yes. And you're putting you into it. And that's why people like it. So. Well, I hope they like it. Yeah. No more saying hope. Say I know. Man, Absolutely. you got to manifest what you want. People are going <laughs> to love this episode. I mean, if, people are going to love this episode. I'm like trying to, who am I trying to convince here? The people listening have already, when they listen to us, they will have already heard the story. And I'll be like, <laughs> yep, yep. Jason should pat himself on the back. We love this story. So, <laughs> oh, well, thank all you. the faith, man. All the faith. The universe loves you and loves your story. So have faith. That's great to hear. This has been a great talk. Um, I wanted to make sure that we could maybe talk about anything that you else like if you are able to talk are you working on anything else uh, any projects are you working with are you sending are you cheating on us with any other horror podcast basically <laughs> no no uh not at the moment uh i haven't been as i said before i haven't been as productive as i'd like to so so far i only have these two stories that i finished to submit for you guys besides that since march i've been trying to build my Instagram. Uh, but on Instagram, I essentially post a lot of poetry and mm -hmm. it's more centered around, well, some of it's centered around mental health and how I feel on a week to week or day by day basis. So it's essentially stuff I come up with. And it's just an, it's just an excuse for me to be able to write every day. So I have different weekly themes like on mondays i have this series i'm calling uh, isolation poetry which i started when quarantine started uh it was essentially my way of expressing frustration and depression uh and through that i've developed several ones one i started this week was is for tuesdays which i'm making into a gaming poetry uh, series I'm, I'm calling it rpg versus but versus as in like poetry verse not <laughs> right 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 right. not like a battle right course. uh so stuff like that like i'm tr just trying to mess around with language and poetry it's just because instagram isn't really the the place for something long form so I, yeah it's all I, visual yeah so i i essentially pick nice pictures and put a little poem on them. And then I write a little blurb underneath. Um, something like that. It's it's nothing crazy, but it's a beginning. I wanted to have stuff out there to show my writing capabilities and flexibility. Uh, I have a continuous story on Thursdays. I, it's kind of a horror comedy. On like It's, it's about <laughs> this um, demon horse called the Nightmare. <laughs> and her journey to go back to her castle and it's just a bunch of weird weird stuff that i come up with every week uh it's it's i mean take a look it's it's this sounds like great content where where where, where can the listeners find it uh, this is all on my instagram it's uh at the hyper cannon okay and all my socials are there i, I have this uh, i managed to grab all the all the at the hyper cannons. So I'm on Twitter too. I just I don't post <laughs> okay. anything different there. I just repost my Instagrams there. But slowly I wanna finish the my website. It's not up, but I want to finish it. I wanna I wanna just I have a lot of ideas and I wanna get into a more productive like this next year is the year I wanna spend like formulating the proper plan, like getting the website up, 
maybe setting up a Patreon because I have some ideas of more long form content that I feel like would take too much effort to just give away for free on Instagram. Of course. Of course. Uh, you know, we'll see. It's. It, I mean, I have a lot of ideas, mainly revolving around horror, but I've also been playing a lot of music. I mean, I'm not really a musician, but kind of like amateur, amateur guitar and singing, mm-hmm. stuff like that. You're I want to. You're keeping busy. Like you're 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 a very creative person. I can tell that you really live in a creative light. You're not just like, oh yeah, and then I ride on my stationary bike a lot and i like to garden out in the yard and yeah you're a very creative person yeah i mean I, is... I spent the entirety of october doing this thing called draw Halloween, which essentially mm-hmm. you draw every day a new image based on a theme uh i'm also not an artist in that sense but i enjoyed it and i since i tried it last year too and even though it i stop drawing for a full year this year's attempt was even better than last year so i feel like i also want to start dabbling more into the drawing stuff even though it's only pencil so it's nothing crazy but i highly encourage you to do that yeah i'm just like trying a lot all the other things, things that you can do you yeah. keep feeding that man like that there's something in you that really has to get stuff out and that's a beautiful thing because a lot of people don't know how. And you're you're like, I I moved past that. Let me figure out how to get this out. Yeah. And you're finding all the avenues. And if something doesn't work, then it just means that that avenue didn't work. So try a different avenue. Keep keep going at it. Yeah, I mean that's the idea so far. Like that's what took the longest time to uh, accept is that it's okay to let go. Sometimes something mm-hmm. doesn't work, mm-hmm. and instead of being sad about it, being like, okay, I tried. Next. Yeah. What do I take with me from it? And next. Exactly. You got it, man. You got it. Well, Jason, I really enjoyed this talk with you. I'm super excited that we got to uh, start the season with this, with this story. It like, once you fully hear the season, you'll really understand why your story was the perfect uh, beginning story. And I will say nothing else. Ooh, Um, Ooh, that's ooh interesting (laughs) and by the way we didn't touch upon it but beckett i'm super curious super curious. yeah what do you think you 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 like you like beckett huh yeah pretty cool just by the comments he made about Mm -hmm. the door and about Mm -hmm. and i'm like wait what does he mean wait what do you mean (laughs) you know what i really like is that we have um we kind hear me out when i say this we kind of have raymond back in the sense that we got to hear a lot of Raymond's inner monologue, and that really played central to the plot because mm-hmm. we had to figure out what he had done to his wife and what happened to his baby and all of that. Versus with Sam, the story really evolved around her with her interactions with with well with Bob and with Todd. Um, you'll notice Beckett did a lot more kind of like monologuing, and it's more about he's not phased by what he's seeing. He's ingesting it. He's he's everything is is nuts and makes no sense. But he's just like, okay, well, what's what's next here? So there's something something interesting about that. But yes, I love that we get to hear more. We're going back to that. You just get to hear more of what the character is really going through when you can kind of 
include that monologuing a bit. So I'm really, really happy with how Zanke is writing it this oh, season. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. Phenomenal. Beckett as a character seems fascinating, and I'm, I, I can't wait to hear what happens next. Mm. And this was just the tip of the iceberg. So yeah, can't wait to, can't wait to talk to you a couple of episodes in and see what you think. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. think about Beckett. I'll be on yeah, Discord. Be we'll talk more. <laughs> we shall be talking. Um, so once again, thank you, Jason. Um, I'm just happy that you're once again in our canon we've got now now two stories in the gray rooms canon so your legacy will forever live on through our podcast um (laughs) so so thank you thank you for that um we got your social media from you so that's good and i guess i'm just gonna bid you a a good night i mean i i figure you're gonna go off and write like 10 more stories tonight so hey man whatever whatever (laughs) i wish i was that productive (laughs) (laughs) you'll save it for the morning that's fine you need some rest (laughs) so thank you very much jason thank you for for everything thank you as well talking bye Join us each week after every episode for another edition of Behind the Door. <laughs>